Hello and welcome to a brand new Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. I am Greg Mahachko, and as always, my co-host on the West Coast is Chad Smart. Hello, Chad. Hello, Greg. I think we're doing, are we doing this episode a week in advance or two? It's only a week in advance. One, so. yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get my mind situated so that I make topical references instead of things that will be outdated by the time this episode airs. Well, that's the good news about uh, the 24-hour news cycle. Things are both topical and completely uh, out of out of the uh, you know mainstream mindset of- at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Just depends on which you know how how quick you can flip back and forth to the channels, Chad. Mm-hmm. So. This is very true. So, well, so let's, yeah, everything I say here, if it's outdated, it's only because you're listening later than you were supposed to. If you would have listened when this episode dropped, it would have been timely. Well, let's let's talk about that, Chad. Where are you at this very second when this episode drops? Because you're not at home. No, no, no. I am. I am probably sitting um, in my aunt and uncle's house um, on my computer. Actually, well, these episodes drop early in the night, so I'm probably in bed is where when the episode actually drops. But the day of the show, I will be uh, back in the Illinois region, but I will probably be working remotely and trying to figure out why things did not pass QC and what I have to do to fix that. QC, tell me how that differs from S&P or standards and practices. Well, standards and practices would be you can't say certain things. You know, Carlin's seven seven deadly words or a seven word you can't. Although I think it's now down. No. <laughs> pretty, yeah. You know, just on. And I know, well, I know cable, cable can get away with at least one of the words now. Um, and it's even been said on some news programs in the last month or so. Um, but – so that's S and P. That's you know making sure, or, or you know nudity, or you know, certain things aren't shown that shouldn't be. Whereas QC is just when we get a file and it may have a digital hit in the video, or audio may drop out, or, or the most common is the black at the end of program, which no one will ever see, is out of spec. It doesn't. It's supposed to be like seven hundred and twenty frames, and it's only seven seven hundred and eighteen frames. <gasps> So that fails QC. No. How do you add those two frames, Chad? Uh, You have to go back to production and say, send us a new file with two extra frames, which (laughs) for anyone who doesn't know, there are 30 frames per second. Mm -hmm. So you're talking two or I guess one fifteenth of a second that you're never going to see anyway has to be there. Well, it's all timing. You know, it's all for TV. TV is a science. TV is a science. It's 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 right. You got to get right down to the minute. And I know this because I used to work in radio where our advertisements oftentimes were not down to the second. You know, like especially if uh, going well into the weeds before we start on this week's topic. But you know, like uh, the radio station that I worked at last in my last uh, job in radio, we were like a um, St. Louis Rams uh, affiliate when they were. In uh, still in St. Louis, uh, University of Illinois affiliate, and all of these, you know, like network breaks are, you know, like it's ninety seconds or it's two minutes. Well, if you have a commercial that is, 
you know, 15 seconds longer than it should be, then your break goes 15 seconds longer than, you know, you miss, you know, 15 seconds of the play or you know, an entire play sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I always told our, our advertising team that, and they didn't ever seem to care. <laughs> yeah. You know, it all depends on who, which department you're dealing with, who thinks what is important because, the advertising team is going to want to put as many advertisements in your program as possible to make more money. Your content person is going to think the content is the important thing. So they're going to be out of spec and make your show long. Yeah. I don't know why people, everybody isn't getting into the entertainment business based on our conversation right now. It sounds so exciting. We're making it uh, sound so glowing. <laughs> uh, we're here to entertain Which I'll throw you. Out- I'll throw out a challenge to you if you can do it on off the top of your head on the spot. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter the other day that was explain your favorite movie in the most boring way possible. Guy gets a ring and doesn't propose to a lady. I'm trying to think of what movie that would be. And, uh, I've, I mean, I think I know what it is, but I'm trying to come up with a good, clever answer, and I can't even – I got nothing. And it, and it scares me that that would be the movie you go to, and if, that, if you're claiming it's your favorite, then – I mean, it's, not, it's just the first one that, that jumped in my mind. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, my favorite – my all-time favorite movie still to this day for the last 20-plus years – probably 25 or more is Rudy. And I don't know how to make Rudy sound boring because there's nothing boring about Rudy. Um, short guy pines to be part of team. Yeah. That's not really boring because he achieves his goal. He gets his moment of glory. So, uh, five foot, nothing, hundred and nothing man child. Which, speaking of Rudy, I just watched the movie Click the day before we record this. I don't know if you've seen it. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler gets a magic remote control. Yes, from Bed Bath & Beyond. Yes, and Rudy is in it. The great Sean Astin from The Goonies as well. And uh, he's in a Speedo. Yes. I do remember that. Thank you for bringing that part up. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of horrible things that... uh, you know, will give us nightmares. This week's episode, which, you know, no time like a 30-minute podcast to, to jump into something seven, almost eight minutes in, we're talking all about horror films. Spooky movies, Chad. Yes, scary movies, which I don't know if we'll actually talk about the movie Scary Movie, but it frightened me that there are five of them. <laughs> I remember the first one being entertaining and, mm-hmm. you know, as it is, I think in most movies, especially parody movies, I mean, it, it dropped off very quickly, you know, from, from, uh, special ups through doofy, uh, and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And what's sad is that the brains, cause it started out as a Wayans brothers movie mm-hmm. franchise. And then the last, I want to say the last two, 
I'm looking it up now. I know they were directed by the guy who directed Airplane, but I can't remember if they were written by <clears throat> excuse me, if they were written by the same team or if it was part of the team that would go on to um, it was written, yeah, written by David Zucker, Pat Croft, and six other people. So, you know, anytime you have eight people people writing a movie, it's going to be awesome. Although it's, I guess the other six are based on characters. So using the characters. So it's David Zucker and Pat Croft who gave us Airplane and Airplane 2 and Top Secret and then Ghost. So, I don't know. You would have think it would have been better, but. Yeah. Wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I believe David Zucker also then went on to do um, a American Christmas Carol, which, yes, an American Carol, Hmm. which is a play on the classic Dickens story, but it's like Michael Moore being shown the greatness of America. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It says that anti-American filmmaker who's out to abolish the July 4th holiday is visited by three ghosts who try to change his perception of the country. How'd that go for him? Uh, you know, a lot of the reviews are probably not very kind. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, since you like the topic, Chad, <laughs> uh-huh. of scary movies, I'm going to let you kick us off. Right. Well, I was trying to come up with holiday or Halloween themed episodes for this month. And so it only seemed logical that we would discuss horror films. And as a child of the eighties, the, you know, study first golden age of horror films, because you'd have to go back to the thirties and forties of the universal monster movies, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, the mummy. But in the eighties, we had our own cache of, of horror films. And, you know, the top four are obviously, to any horror fan of that of that time period, is going to be Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and I don't know what the fourth one is. I'm only thinking of three, but I'm sure you could throw, you know, another character in there. There was a new Halloween movie, a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie, a new Friday the 13th. Sometimes they were in 3D. <laughs> Sometimes they uh, were not. But... As each one went along, it got, uh, they are on my list of films to watch over the next year, but uh, they're not streaming anywhere for free, so I cannot watch them now. But, you know, I remember watching the first Nightmare on Elm Street on cable and at 10 years old, so good parenting, mom and dad. And I, I was very scared the night that I went to bed, but then by the, you know, third, fourth movies, Freddy has become a stand-up comedian most of the time when he's killing people. And he's not this shadow figure lurking to kill you. He's he's the main star. Yeah. Yeah, so the movie's kind of – and same way with Friday the 13th. I mean, probably my favorite is part six, but it's probably – you know, it's one of the least scary ones. Scary one, The scariest one is probably part four because it has a young shaved head Corey Feldman at the end. And if you've not listened to the – uh, song. Can you think of the name of it? It's a spoof of uh, Bruce Springsteen's The Wrestler. And it's all about Jason. And, and uh, one of the lines is something about a bald Corey Feldman. So 
If I find it, we'll throw it up on the uh, Facebook page when this drops, if I remember. But yeah, so I I grew up with horror films. I'm guessing you coming in the age group where horror films would kind of hit their lull. I don't know. Did you have? I mean, because I think by the time you would have been paying attention, you would have got the the yearly Stephen King miniseries on on TV, but. I don't think any, you know. I don't think the main horror films franchises were really that popular at that time. Not so much. And so here's the thing, and this is why, like, I didn't shy away from the topic. But like, horror movies and I, we never really saw eye to eye. And the reason being, you mentioned Jason a few times, and I have a dream that I still remember very vividly to this day of being a small child. I mean, probably not even school age yet. And waking up in my bed and I, like looking up and seeing at the foot of my bed, you know, a six and a half foot tall monster with a hockey mask and a machete. And so from a very early age, I was like, yeah, you know what? That, I'm good. I don't, I don't need, I don't need your, you're scary movies, man. Okay. Uh, here and there, you know, I, I had friends who were like, dude, you got to check this out. So, you know, it's funny that you, you started in the 80s. Uh, one of the early ones that I do remember watching. Uh, and it was the original came out in 86. Uh, by the way, there have been, I think, now five movies. Uh, the original is 86, and, and the sequel came out two years later. And that was Critters. Mm. And yes. I, I remember it, it was a little, it was a little campy, but also, you know, like I was 10 or 11 at the time. Uh, and you know, when you see a, a gigantic, like comical sized, you know, ball of critters that's just rolling through town and it rolls over a cow and there's nothing left of the cow, you know, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it does, you know, it, it makes you think twice. About these little aliens with, you know, monster teeth and red eyes. It's, uh, you know, it it leans a little on the side of ridiculous, but you know, I think I think most good horror movies have to do that. And I, you mentioned critters, and I'm, I had never, I guess, made the conscious connection before but the mom in, in the first critters is d wallace stone or d wallace who was the mom in et so I'm, I'm wondering if she was cast just for that connection to play a mom whose family is visited by an alien from outer space but, yeah and like i said the first one had scott grimes who big fan of we watched him in the uh growing up in the 80s and he's on the orville now and i guess does voices on american dad and i believe it was critters four that featured a little uh, guy that I thought would have a bigger career than he did, a uh, ch- child actor named Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. But well, whatever became of him, maybe he was eaten by the critters. But, yeah, you had critters, you had ghoulies. Uh, I'm trying to think of other uh, just cheesy, low-budget horror films from the 80s that would go in here. And then – you know, as, as the years progressed in the early aughts, as uh, I'm going to call them, 
you had kind of a revival with the horror genre. You had Saw come out and, mm-hmm. you know, play the big role, Halloween, through the 90s and, and uh, in the early 2000s, um, was getting remade or getting sequels or getting remade or getting, you know, and then Rob Zombie remade it and then they went back to the original storyline and made it. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Saw and I, I know you mentioned it a couple of times now, but uh, I've seen the first two Saw movies and I think my biggest problem with the Saw movies that, you, you know, like I, I can appreciate, you know, like a, a Freddy movie or I guess even a, J, uh, you know, a Friday the 13th or a Critters, you know, something like that. But the, perhaps the sheer realism of the Saw movies always kind of seemed like a turnoff to me because, and, and this goes back to, you know, when the, those you know early Saw movies first came out, I, I remember saying to a friend of mine at the time, like, I feel like because there's no fantasy supernatural element to this, that it's almost inviting copycats, you know, <laughs> maybe that's me just being a little paranoid, but, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I didn't appreciate him. Yeah, no, I, I get you. And I, it's a talk that we didn't touch on, um, the, the October episode, October, 2020 episode of popology 101, uh, one of my shows over at the Positive Cynicism Podcast Network. We we discussed horror movies on there as well, and brought on a, a guest lecturer, as we like to call it, <clears throat> to discuss horror films. And and yeah, I, I totally agree with your point. Where you know, if you watch, you know, the movies that we mentioned already, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Critters, like there is some separation between reality and fantasy. You know, like and any of the any saw, of the Dawn of the Deads or things like that. You know, yeah. Things that aren't going to happen by chance. But um, with the Saw movies, yeah, it did become a little too realistic. And I I saw the first three. I've seen the first three so far. And I enjoyed the story being told, but I didn't appreciate the gore. And I don't like – I'm not a fan of torture porn. Mm-hmm. Don't need to see realistic deaths. I just, you know, ch- chop somebody's head off or – Stab him with a knife, and I'm like, that that's as far as you need to take it. I don't need to see entrails being pulled out. I remember it was in 2005 when I believe Saw 2 was, you know, going to be hitting theaters, and it was on TNT after, on a Monday night. Well, I'm trying to figure it. No. I'm trying to... I what I did is I had I sat through a movie maybe it wasn't TNT but I sat through a movie on TV that had you know like stay tuned in the you know this commercial break we're going to show you an entire clip you know a scene from Saw 2 and that particular movie also a horror genre movie with a christmas twist chad 2005's Bill Goldberg classic Santa's Sleigh S L A Y I was going to ask if that's what it was yeah, <clears throat> I was very curious. Yeah, I've not seen that one. Um, for those of you who are not in the know on Santa's sleigh, uh, Santa's a bad man. He uh, lost a bet, or you know, was was put under some type of imprisonment for a hundred years that forced him to be nice and give presents. But after uh, that hundred years was up, he could go around killing again, and that's what Santa's going to do. Bill Goldberg's Santa Claus in Santa's sleigh. Did you find it? A- did you find it ironic that they had a Jewish man playing Santa Claus? I didn't even think about it, if I'm being honest. It, it uh, 
Yeah. It never crossed my mind. <laughs> what do you think about Batman? About the Mel Gibson as Santa Claus movie. Oh, um, actually, it was my co-host of the year, uh, Mike Luther, over on Nerds United, who says they're gonna, they're gonna, they're attempting to make everything dark and gritty now. Like the 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 underlying tone behind that comment was like, "Is nothing sacred?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, and apparently, no, nothing sacred. No, everything has to be dark and gritty. Yes, yeah. haven't you seen Batman versus Superman? I have. I blame Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan didn't make Batman v Superman. I know, but he made the Dark Knight trilogy, which was dark and gritty and popular. And so Hollywood, being the bastions of originality that they are, said this was successful. Everything should be like this. Yeah, but anyway, we're we're getting into a <laughs> anyway. different we're getting into a different movie conversation, Chad. And this is only thirty minutes. Yeah, horror um, films. Uh, here's my question to you: I will throw out is. Do you consider Silence of the Lambs and Seven to be horror films? I didn't have them on my on my short list. Um, I think they're like psychological thrillers, kind of like. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Mind Hunters? I believe it's Mind Hunters, not Mind Hunt. Um, I've not seen it, but I'm familiar with it. Yes. It is Mind Hunters, two thousand four. It starred among other people LL Cool J. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr., Christian Slater, Val Kilmer, and more. Um, it's about a bunch of FBI, uh, uh, um, the uh, profilers, uh, who are doing this one special, you know, like training mission and their rides, like they dropped off by a helicopter and they, they book out and one among them is a murderer. And they think it might be Val Kilmer because he's kind of the director of the operation. And, but everybody is killed based on their, you know, own personality strengths. Like, uh, Christian Slater's character, spoiler alert, is killed because he's the first one in the door. And, uh, they, he gets frozen by, uh, like, uh, liquid nitrogen and falls to the ground and shatters and, and so on and so forth. So the, the person who's picking them off one by one is also a profiler. And, uh, um, you know, so he's using everybody's strengths against them, including, uh, Val Kilmer, who is suspended from the air like a marionette. It's very weird. So. All right. I, um, I was going to make a Christian shattered joke, but I couldn't, it just didn't work. I'm so, sorry. um, yeah, I've not seen Mine Hunters. I, I, like I said, I'm familiar with it. And, you know, oh, Cool J was another good horror movie called Deep mm-hmm. Blue Sea. Which is that about? That's about sharks, right? Yes, that's the one with Sam Jackson. Oh. Famous scene where he's standing by the shark, by the entrance into the ocean, and he's given this long monologue, and a shark just jumps out and eats him. Oh no, I don't remember that. Well, I've never seen oh. the movie, so uh. yeah, and you can you can Google that. Um, so is Jaws a horror movie? In your opinion, I, I mean, I think Jaws is a horror film. And I, I, would, I can see where Silence of the Lambs and Seven could be considered horror films, even though, you know, Silence of the Lambs won the Academy Award for Best Picture. And I believe it's the only, quote, horror film to do so. Right. Uh, but they said – I've seen things where, like, well, it's not really horror. It's more psychological thriller. But I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's a horror film. It's about a guy, you know, eating people with all of them. Fava beans and a nice Chianti. So, 
That's pretty scary to me. Um, I, you know, I think too right now because we're in this resurgence of horror films, thanks to Blumhouse, who just had four movies go up on Amazon Prime, not a sponsor this month as part of Halloween. That you know, when I was looking um, into information for this past episode of the Fantastic Podcast, another podcast over at the PCPN, uh, so we were discussing theaters existing post COVID and you know, one of the things we were talking about was budgets of films and horror movies. It seems like their budgets are going down and you can make a cheap horror film for like five to 10 million. You could relatively unknown actors and you know, you don't need a lot of special effects. You don't need a lot of sets. So there, that there has seen that resurgence because you can, I think pump out a lot more films quicker and, one movie that I just watched recently that I had ne- never heard of, and the sequel came out, uh, I think, this year. But it's a movie called The Boy, and it's about a nanny who has to uh, – goes to England, or she's in England, and she becomes a nanny for an older couple to take care of their son. But the son died in a fire when he was eight years old, mm. and now they have a doll that looks like the boy, and you have to treat the doll as – it's a, a real being, and that was one of the best horror films that I've seen recently. Like that sounds it, the, horrible. The twist in it <laughs> it got me, and I did not see it coming. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it was like scary, scary because there are I think there's only like one death in on screen in the film, but but that's more I would consider probably more psychologically damaging than horror genre. So. I I feel like. Um this episode's as good of a time as any to get a, a Hollywood insider's take on the ever popular, especially in the horror genre, jump cut. I am not a fan of the scare jump or the jump scare. Jump scare. It's, I think it, yeah, I think it's cheap. I think it's, um, it, it's too easy. You know, it's, it, I remember George Lucas made a comment once that, um, I'm going to totally butcher here, but he was talking about how it's easy to manipulate the audience's emotion because all you have to do is show a cat on screen and then have somebody come in and snap the cat's neck. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you'll get a reaction. That's how I feel about jump scares. It's you're not scaring me because what you're actually putting on screen is being scary. You're just jumping me because natural reflex Mm -hmm. is there. And if you're, if you over, use that in your film. I just get annoyed and I'll, you know, probably be very likely to shut your movie off if I'm watching at home because I don't need to keep jumping on my couch all the time. I'm not Tom Cruise. There's a topical reference for you going to the beginning of the show. Um, one last one that I want that I want to talk about. And it's not like, again, I, I don't, you know, deep dive into the genre too often, but one that I remember from my college years, so you got to go back almost 20 years, is 2001 horror classic 13 Ghosts. Matt Lillard, Shannon Elizabeth, Tony Shalhoub, among others. Again, Tony Shalhoub. Who knew he would be the guy from Wings to have the best career? Yeah. (laughs) Tim Daly had quite a uh, run as a voice actor. Yeah, that's not a real job. Well, I mean, I'm kidding. Know. I'm kidding. If <laughs> hey, there's oh. an excellent documentary about voice actors, that I recommend everybody go watch. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned documentary. By the way, um, 
somebody said, you know, one of these streaming services should make a limited series doing the, uh, um, like the backgrounds on all 13 ghosts, you know, like the uh, mm-hmm. little, you know, one episode on each, you know, their history. That'd be kind of interesting. Uh, but since you mentioned documentaries, how about a docudrama? That's the one that I'm watching right now. Not not now as we're presently watching or uh, recording this, but uh, 2020's very own The Social Dilemma. And how social media, I don't know if you know this or not, Chad, it's controversial. Maybe even uh, teetering on the bad side. Maybe we all should do it. It's the devil. So. so. Yeah, it's the devil. Uh, Mama was right. You can't go play the foosball, and you can't be on the social media. In the in the foosbook. The foosbook. Yeah. And that's, you know, sadly, that's where we have to promote our show. So it's a, it's a necessary evil that we have to use. And, uh, you know, probably not doing it correctly, at least by the – when I go to check out the stats of the podcast episodes and how many people are listening, that's why we value each and every one of you one. And I would, I would love, you know, I could probably name you off by name right now, <laughs> but I can't because we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. 